You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints. We are brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get to hear the local experts on the biggest stories, your team, every day. Remember, when you get in your car, just tell your smartphone or smart device to play podcast Locked On Saints, so you can listen to the newest episodes every day on your way to work or back home through traffic. I am your host, Ross Jackson, lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com, and as always, I'd like to start off every episode with a big thank you and welcome to our newest listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been rocking with me for a minute, so whether it's your first time or your next time, know that I love hearing from everyone that tunes in, reads, and follows, so you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC, and of course that ASC stands for AllSaintsConsidered.com, your source for up-to-the-minute Saints news articles and podcasts for Saints fans by Saints fans. And I want to start off today's Wednesday episode of Locked on Saints by saying first and foremost, thank you to all of those of you who have been listening. Our listens really started to see an uptick again this week. So I really appreciate that. If you're new to the podcast, please take a moment to subscribe. Very important to the podcast and also very important for you to make sure that you never miss an episode when they drop every single Monday through Friday, uh, especially with the combine right around the corner workouts beginning March 1st and free agency less than a month away so go ahead and hit that subscribe button Uh, on today's episode we're going to be talking about mark ingram's conversation with mike heller and former saints player john coon on the rich eisen show about his contract negotiation with the saints goals and relationship with alvin Kamara. and then we'll continue our position by position 2018 saints review by looking at tight ends and then we'll close out the show by talking about some of the biggest stories from around the league including some news on russell wilson's relationship with Seattle and who looks to be on their way out of the Big Apple. So let's get started with the Mark Ingram news. Mark Ingram is currently on vacation and is expected to continue his contract negotiations, which have already began with the team next week. But here's what he had to say a couple days ago. Again, this was on the Rich Eisen show about how the negotiations with the Saints are going so far. So I've been talking to the Saints and, um, you know, it's kind of like a thing where they say they want me back. I say I want to be back. It's just, you know, can we compromise, you know, uh, on the value? And, um, you know, like I said, I've been there my entire career. It's very rare that someone gets to spend their career in one place. And, um, you know, that would be something that would be significant. But at the same time, um, I'm not afraid to bet on myself. I believe in my opportunities. I believe that I still have many good years of football left in me. Still got four more years at least of playing elite football for somebody so um of course i'd love to be in new orleans for my career my teammates uh my family i met my wife my children there like i said um i love the organization and um i hope it all gets worked out but at the same time i'm not afraid i'll have all confidence in my abilities and all confidence in uh what i can do given the opportunity uh you know to be a feature guy so i'm not scared to bet on myself at the same time but you know i'd love to be in new orleans It's obvious that he values staying in New Orleans, and that should be exciting for Saints fans. He's got a couple of reasons why he wants to stay in New Orleans, though. Here's what he had to say about winning potential in the Big Easy, as well as his bond with fellow running back Alvin Kamara. First of all, I want to win Super Bowl, so um, I feel like we can do that in New Orleans. So that's one reason that I would love to be in New Orleans. You know what I mean? I feel like we got the team, the organization, the coaching staff. Um, You know, like like we've talked about, we was in divisional. 
Um, we were in the NFC Championship. Both those games were, you know, devastating losses. So we have the recipe. We know what to do. We know how to get there. We know how to win it. Um, we just have to, you know, go out there and make it happen. So Super Bowl first. It'll be tough, man. It'll be tough, but at the same time, man, that's my dude, man. Um, I love uh, the camaraderie we have. That's my little bro. Um, and he wants me there. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be talking with him. You know, as long as I'm negotiating with the Saints, I'm letting him know what's going on too, man. So he's going to know everything. Hey, he the man, bro. He the man. But, uh, you know, I think I think we can get it done. But, um, you know, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about, um, you know, what's he, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens here in the next month. Ingram definitely sounds like a guy that wants to stick around. Like he talked about the importance of staying in New Orleans, his family, friends, the team, the city, etc. And he also expressed his desire to maintain his role with the Saints and help get that Super Bowl ring, which seems to be number one on his list of things that he wants to achieve before his career is all said and done. And especially before his time in New Orleans is all said and done. At least that's what it sounds like. This is a team that's worked very hard the last two seasons and gotten extremely close only to fall victory to some of the wild circumstances, wildest circumstances. But uh, look, Ingram has no faith lost in the Saints' ability to win at all. Negotiations are already underway. And if Ingram does have, really actually have four more years of elite play left in his tank, the Saints would kind of be foolish not to want that to be a part of their team. What you didn't hear Ingram talking about that he talked about in that Rich Eisen interview, it was his lack of wear and tear with working in a committee backfield for his pretty much his entire career and how he barely has you know enough carries to distance himself from the usage of other top backs like Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell who are kind of the tier one uh, in, in the league and maybe you could throw in David Johnson with that as well Saquon Barkley a couple of other players but in terms of those two he's not too far out of where they are in terms of their carries and they played fewer seasons than he has uh, he's got some of the freshest legs under him than any of the soon to be 30 year olds in the league but certainly that number 30 uh, will still affect his value one way or another but all things considered it looks like Ingram is poised to remain in New Orleans the news of his contract negotiations is accompanied by a cryptic tweet from Saints wide receiver Cameron Meredith not entirely connected but we've seen this before from him uh, who said on his Twitter this morning sometimes I wonder why the devil's so hard at work on me I think it's because I'm one of God's strongest soldiers accompanied with the hashtag always be grateful of course as always using his number 81 in the hashtag last time that he used that hashtag however was November 8th and that's when he was sent to injured reserve with an injured knee so Meredith is a cut candidate for this offseason which would save the team about 3.7 million dollars in cap space Uh, could he be on the way out in relation to the negotiations between the Saints and Mark Ingram we've talked about how you know there are some viable slot options available in free agency yesterday Meredith would definitely be an easier piece to replace than Mark Ingram by miles all right stick around because coming up next We'll review the Saints tight ends from last year. Don't forget that while you're in your car, you can listen to the newest episode of your favorite Locked On podcast, this one, on your way to work or back at home in rush hour traffic by telling your smartphone or smart device to play podcast Locked On Saints and catch up on your team every day. All right, welcome back, Houdat Nation. Coming up next, we're going to have some of the big stories from around the league, including big news about the possibilities surrounding Russell Wilson and his future, as well as a safety that every Saints fan seems to want in black and gold that may 
actually be available in free agency after all. But first, let's take a quick look at the 2018 tight ends for the Saints and how they fared throughout the regular season. Not a ton to discuss here, which is actually kind of the problem. Uh, for a frame of reference, Michael Clay, who you can follow on Twitter at MikeClayNFL, put together an incredible free agency cheat sheet in which he outlines every free agent by position. And then also has a graph off to the right with team needs and position grades 1 through 10, 1 being the most necessary to improve and 10 being the least needed, uh, sort of the least position of least needed improvement. Uh, the Saints are the only team in the league that he has listed as having only one position ranking below seven in the need to improve part of the, you know, sort of category. Uh, the position is tight end, which he has ranked four. Other teams with a ranking of four at, at a position, Houston, the Jets, and Arizona on their offensive line, they all also got fours, as did Washington's at wide receiver, Tampa Bay at safety, and Buffalo at quarterback. So that would mean that the Saints' need for a tight end is perceived as being just as intense as Buffalo's endless search for a warm body with one working arm. And I have to agree. I mean, remember, Ben Watson is retiring. Josh Hill is solid, but not a standout playmaker by any means. Dan Arnold is a converted wide receiver that can't block. And Garrett Griffin just saw his first NFL action, or really sizable NFL action this past postseason. So it's not unfair at all to say that you know, the Saints have a need and have a dire need really at the position. And the numbers from last season definitely back it up. I will say this though, nearly across the board in Watson Hill and eventually Griffin, the Saints had great blockers at the tight end position. Aside from Dan Arnold, they will retain two of the three of the solid sort of blocking uh, tight ends. And the next step essentially would be finding a dominating sort of pass catching presence that the organization has searched for since trading away Jimmy Graham. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. So Ben Watson, 2008 stats, 16 games with four starts, 35 catches, 400 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, look, Watson was a solid receiver for the Saints last season, the most dependable out of the four that saw playing time. His announced retirement as you know, his wife and he are expecting twins, children numbers uh, six and seven, I believe in the household. It's sad to hear about, you know, his, his retirement is sad to hear about as he did return to New Orleans last year with the hopes of, you know, locking down a Super Bowl ring on his way out. His return to the city was not in vain at all. Of course, he played a good year with New Orleans, but he also made some enormous positive strides for the city and its legislature getting really involved in local politics. Uh, his best game came in week eight, where he caught three of four targets for 62 yards and a touchdown against the Rams. Uh, it was after that touchdown that he tucked the ball in his jersey, raised two fingers to announce the upcoming additions to his family. Josh Hill is up next. 2018 stats, 16 games, 11 starts. 16 catches for 185 yards and a touchdown. Hill was a vital part of the Saints' success last year, just not in the way that you can really track in a box score. His blocking ability in both the passing and run game helped the Saints continue to stay explosive throughout the season, although he didn't really grade super well in either of those when it came to pro football focus grades. His effect on the field was definitely seen. Although his pass blocking was effective, but not excellent, there was nothing that he could do to make up for the injuries and struggles of the offensive line late in the season. Uh, his season came to to an end in the playoffs, really the same game that everybody's uh, Saints season came to an end, but he had an early exit from that conference championship game against the Rams in which he suffered a concussion after from an uncalled helmet-to-helmet hit, which is just all too common a thing to say about that game, uh, after a big 24-yard catch. His best game of the year came to the tune of a three-catch 63-yard game against the Giants in Week 4. 
Dan Arnold's 2018 stats, 10 games, one start, 12 catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Dan Arnold entered his second year in the league after spending last season his first on the practice squad. He was a converted wide receiver over the offseason, and then he also beat out undrafted uh, free agent rookie out of Western Kentucky University, Dion Yelder, uh, to become essentially the main pass-catching tight end threat for 2019, at least beside uh, Ben Watson. Arnold managed pretty well throughout the season, although he doesn't have a ton of catches and yardage to show for it. He made a couple of plays being you know, ultimately inconsistent, not making a catch in any of his final three games, including the two playoff games that he was in. During the conference championship game against the Rams, he dropped an early early touchdown, which was only his second drop of the season, but definitely a very important one. He'll likely get a shot at returning to the pass-catching responsibilities next season if the Saints decide to go to the draft for their next tight end. But if they bring in a veteran like Jesse James or Austin Safarian Jenkins, Arnold could find his way out of New Orleans. Garrett Griffin is our final tight end here. 2018 stats all in the playoffs. Two games, one start, two catches, 12 yards, one touchdown. All of those catches, yards, and the one touchdown came in the Rams game. Uh, look, Griffin wasn't a huge impact player for the Saints, though his playoff touchdown against the Rams was pretty big. Uh, he has been signed to a two, new two-year deal in New Orleans to stay throughout 2020. He's got really great blocking potential at the position and showed some pass-catching ability over his time in New Orleans on the practice squad. The former Air Force player uh, will probably be around next season and hopefully will land one of the three tight end spots as one of the two primary blockers that the Saints tend to keep around each season. The Saints have the most work left to do on their roster at this position, as well as at defensive tackle. This is a spot that I could see them making some moves at pretty early in free agency, right as it begins as the tight end free agent market is deep. But you can also see my write-up on some of those options over at allsaintsconsidered.com. So check that out for more information. You also heard me talk about it on the podcast just a couple days ago. All right, so that is it for our tight end review for the 2018 season. We'll be back to talk about offensive line on Friday. Tomorrow, I'm going to skip the position by position review to bring you some information on defensive players to watch at the combine at each position but coming up next we're going to talk about russell wilson and take a look around at the league at some of the tagging period news which just opened up yesterday uh, right here on locked on saints your team every day all right, family, welcome back. Before we get started with some of the big news from around the league, remember to check out the Locked On NFL podcast as well. This will give you all the information that you need to know about news around the league, especially as we're, you know, look, we're in the tagging period now. Franchising transition tags are available to teams. There's a lot of news centered around that. And then, of course, we're coming up on the draft, which you should also check out the Locked On NFL draft podcast and the draft dudes. Check those both out as well, as well as Locked On NFL coming into the free agency period where you might hear a familiar voice depending on how active the Saints end up being during the free agency period. So make sure you check out those podcasts as well as keeping up to date here with your favorite team at Locked on Saints. So let's start off with Russell Wilson news here. So there's a lot of rumors around circulating that Russell Wilson looks like he might be on his way out of Seattle in turn of greener pastures. That green, of course, looks like money. Rumors are circulating that Wilson isn't interested really in sticking around in Seattle and might look to make a LeBron James type move 
move to raise his brand profile to a bigger city. Uh, we've talked about this, like, we've talked a couple times over the last few months, and you've seen me on Twitter talking about it. John Sigler wrote an article about it, about the possibility of the Saints pursuing Russ. But if Wilson and his wife, Sierra, who of course is a very popular music recording artist, are looking to head somewhere that will allow them to expand their already pretty wide entertainment brand, New Orleans, unfortunately, isn't quite the market for it. In my conversation with Clayton Hall, host of the A Guy and His Mic podcast, which you should definitely follow and check out, we agree that if this is becoming a sure thing from Seattle's perspective, like if they're pretty sure that Russell Wilson is going to walk away, they might as well shop Wilson and see what kind of a huge haul they could get in return for him. Otherwise, they might end up with a Le'Veon Bell type situation. Uh, we also agree that Wilson has been one of the most beloved sports stars in Seattle, and that would be essentially the next of a long string of heartbreaking sports moments for the city if Russell Wilson were to just up and bounce from the team. One of our questions, though, was why New York in particular, if you're looking to expand your entertainment brand, look, the, the Seahawks can tag Russell Wilson after this year and force him to remain there until 2021, in which case, why not go to maybe the Chargers and potentially take over for Phillip Rivers and be in the entertainment mecca of the country in Los Angeles? But look, if New York is the target, then the Big Apple, it might be for a Russell Wilson in the not-too-distant future. For what it's worth, though, ESPN Radio in Seattle published a story on February 5th saying, that while nego uh, contract negotiations haven't started between the team and Russell Wilson just yet, there's no cause for concern. Now, we as a part of the Houdat Nation can sympathize with this as Drew Brees has been in this position before in which he's decided to focus on football for the season and not worry about the contract until the last moment, then entering negotiations sort of in the ninth hour. Meanwhile, the rest of the sports world goes crazy speculating eventual departures of his to the Browns or whatever team had time to cover the story that year so there's nothing for sure yet but free agency next year might end up being just as exciting as it's this as this year is shaping up to be uh, speaking of that the Steelers have decided they will not tag running back Le'Veon Bell so he will hit be free to hit the market and negotiate with teams beginning March 13th. Meanwhile, the Steelers will receive no compensation from any other teams like they would have if they would have just traded him away during the season. That I didn't really see this happening. Um, I saw them maybe, you know, figuring something out or maybe tagging Le'Veon Bell and then letting him you know, negotiate with other teams and things like that. It would have been a transition tag, letting him negotiate with other teams, finding that he wasn't going to get the money that he wanted from the Steelers, from other organizations, and then maybe they just like you know, maybe he goes back to the Steelers and say, yo, look, I wasn't getting the money elsewhere. And then, you know, everything's good. And then he stayed in, in in Pittsburgh or franchise tag and trade, something like that, or sign and trade, whatever. But to to just let him walk, uh, it's, it's a choice. I don't know if it's a great one, but we'll see. It's definitely going to help to really set the market for running backs going into the, uh, going into the offseason here in less than a month. Uh, and then finally, some interesting news for Saints fans who are looking for New Orleans to improve at the safety position this offseason. Just Cena Anderson reported this morning that she was told that Landon Collins, safety of the New York Giants, was cleaning out his locker at the Giants facility to say today and said his goodbyes to his teammates. This eventually was followed up by a tweet from New York Post writer Paul Schwartz, who said, Attention for those of you who care about the New York Giants, Landon Collins has not cleaned out his locker at the team facility, to which Landon Collins himself replied and said, 
the stuff in that locker that I have left, I do not need. Then dropped the 100 emoji and then probably went on about his free agent life as it looks like the Giants will not be tagging the all-pro safety, allowing him to hit the open market, which seems just weird as the salary, I'm sorry, as the safety tag for the franchise tag is only $12 million. The Saints could go ahead and pursue Landon Collins in an attempt to bring him back home to Louisiana, but I still have some reservations about putting him and Eli Apple back on the same squad after all of their struggles with one another in New York, but put them in a winning culture, see what happens. Eli Apple is going to be a very important building block for this team, especially with the way that Dennis Allen feels about him. So they probably have a conversation with Eli Apple. And if all sides are good, and if Landon Collins is good as well, would be a hell of an addition to the struggling Saints secondary. Uh, Well, not really the struggling Saints secondary, but, you know, to sort of try to relieve the struggles that they've had at the safety position with someone like Kurt Coleman in the mix. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure that you come back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about defensive prospects to watch at the Combine at the beginning of next month. We talked about offense last week. We'll jump to defense at the end of this week. And then on Friday, we'll continue our position-by-position review for the 2018 Saints season. But for right now, I just want to say thank you so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson, and you can find me on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the podcast and please take some time to review and rate it helps a ton and also remember to find locked on saints you can tell your smart speaker smart device smartphone whatever it is that you got to play podcast locked on saints to tune into the newest episodes and of course be sure to subscribe so you know when the newest ones drop every monday through friday thank you so much for all your support and helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust who that nation i'll holla at you